0: On today's pod, we have Anna interviewing Steph. While Steph is normally asking the questions as the interviewer on the pod, in this episode we get to learn a little bit more about her. We hear about her transition from high school into Ryerson, what drove her to choose the food and nutrition program, as well as what her current research entails. So please lean in and enjoy this candid and captivating conversation between Anna and Steph. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We're going to be interviewing Steph Davies today. She's doing her undergraduate degree at Ryerson for food and nutrition. Hi. Hi. Thank you for doing this with me. This should be fun. Tell me a little bit about you more. Like, So you're starting from high school into Ryerson, maybe that transition and how you chose Ryerson and food and nutrition program? Okay,
1: so this is going to be a bit weird because I'm used to doing the interviewing, but yeah, so I'm a nutrition student. So right now I'm going into my fourth year in the fall in food nutrition, which is a BASC at Ryerson. I live in Whitby, so I went to high school there. So I'm commuting to Ryerson and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do when I went into university. And it was kind of stressful because I wasn't like one of those people that always knew what they wanted to do, I guess. And I kind of changed my mind. But so I actually applied to kinesiology programs and uh, food nutrition programs. And I didn't know much about food nutrition programs because I feel like they don't really advertise them a lot in high school. So obviously Mm -hmm. when I toured the universities and stuff, I learned a lot. And for some reason, I just really liked Ryerson. And my sister went to Ryerson. So I think that was like a big factor as well. And then like the last day that you could decide for your university program, I chose food nutrition and I just never looked back. (laughs) So I was just really happy about my choice.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great. How did you choose kinesiology and good nutrition to begin with? Like what made you kind of, I guess, narrow it down from the beginning to there?
1: So like I said, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So when I was applying to university, I just thought, okay, what do I like? And for me, I was always an athlete. So health was something that was really important to me and I really valued. I've always been like very involved in nutrition and just always very mindful of it. Growing up, like my mom's a personal trainer and stuff. So it was just always something that, had like gone on in my household and kinesiology Uh was really interesting to me I had a lot of coaches that went into kin and they were just struggling to find jobs and they all had to complete their PhDs and I just wasn't sure if that's something that I wanted to do so I knew I didn't want to be a physiotherapist so I was I know there's lots of other jobs but I was I didn't know if that's exactly what I wanted so I thought okay I'll go into nutrition
0: yeah I guess that's what kind of sports were you doing before or still maybe you still do them
1: No no I actually don't really play like I guess competitively like I play like women's league soccer now but that's obviously done right now because of COVID but I played competitive volleyball for like almost six years and then I played like competitive Mm -hmm. soccer before that as well so I've always and then like I obviously played a bunch of like the sports at school like basketball and stuff like that so I've always just been like super active and stuff that's
0: great I'm like not that person but that's that's awesome that you were like so involved in like every sport
1: <laughs> yeah and like I actually really enjoyed math for some reason like I wasn't the best at math but I just really like I really hate writing and I really like math because mm-hmm. it's very like definitive in the answer like it's just this is how you get it type of thing and I think you might have said that you're similar yeah that way too and I really yeah, like that's science interesting,
0: I am yeah. yeah,
1: I really enjoyed yeah. science. So that's why when I looked into nutrition, there's actually a lot of science behind it. And you get to take like anatomy, physiology, a bunch of chemistry. And I was more of a bio person, but I actually ended up really enjoying chemistry because now I'm working in a chemistry lab. So it's kind of funny. Right,
0: yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously things are gonna, we are gonna ask you about your role at Ryerson and that's somewhat different now than it would have been before. And so the question asks more about your role there but I guess tailored to what's going on in the world now, like how do you feel like your role is changing at Ryerson because of COVID?
1: Yeah, so basically, like I said, I'm a nutrition student. So I was volunteering in Brian's lab last summer. So I was, and then I started working for him and I've been in his lab the entire school year. And now I'm working for him again this summer um, on an undergraduate interdisciplinary research opportunity. So it's a scholarship. So I'm working for him right now from home because normally what I do is lab work regarding like malic acid as a preservative for food. And right now like malic acid is derived from fossil fuels. So my job is to look into like potentially deriving malic acid from natural sources such as rhubarb, which is my main focus. We've also looked at tobacco. So normally I'm doing lab work and with like, I guess I kind of do like distillations and uh, tests on the GCMS machine and stuff. But now that COVID has happened, I'm working from home writing a research report or like a research paper on like the literature and just stuff like that. Basically a review on malic acid. So it's pretty interesting because I'm learning a lot. Like I said, I don't really like writing, but it's definitely like I'm, I'm really learning a lot and I actually really enjoy it.
0: Oh, that's really great. That's a it's changing a lot for sure because of everything and I never would have thought rhubarb sorry to go back to that I'm jumping but I guess rhubarb is just that's a great source and also tobacco because people smoke less than they do say even 20 years ago so that's definitely an option right
1: yeah so with rhubarb our main interest in that is just because like I guess not a lot of people really know about rhubarb So for malic acid, it's mainly derived from like apples. That's why the word is malic, Mm. because it refers to malus, which is the Latin word for apple. But because apples are like really prominent and people are eating them all the time. So they're like a main food that lots of people consume. They're quite expensive. Right. And they're also used in baked Mm. goods and stuff. So they're, they're available, but they're more expensive. Whereas rhubarb isn't really commonly consumed. It grows all over North America. It's kind of a waste in that type of sense. We also looked at the leaves of rhubarb as well because they're actually poisonous because of the oxalic acid content, but they didn't really have a high content of malic acid, but that would have been really interesting because obviously these leaves get wasted, so it would have been interesting to use them, but still rhubarb is a really big, it's really prominent over North America, so that's why we're trying to use it, and if you've ever had rhubarb, it has like a very tart taste. Or when you bite into like a green apple, like that's the malic acid compound. It's also added into like sour candies and like a lot. Like basically, if you get anything that's in a package, most of the time it will have citric acid or malic acid in it.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And and when you say it's derived from from fossil fuels, what what do you mean? Like from yeah, so like as a runoff of it or.
1: From what I know is that it's basically derived from fossil fuels in the form of butane, and it goes through like pressure and t- and temperature changes to create like anhydride or something like that. Like I'm still looking into that part because I'm still so right, yeah. not. Yeah, but yeah, basically what they do is they take like a butane molecule and they just add the carboxylic acids and the like hydroxyl group onto it. So it's kind of like synthetically made from petroleum.
0: Yeah, much better to come from rhubarb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much Well much that's better. the thing
1: is that we're actually like we're like people believe that right but we're looking into it and it's like is it really that much better like are there any health impacts from that because it may actually be that it requires more energy to get it out of rhubarb than it does from fossil fuels so it might not be as environmentally oh, yeah.
0: friendly than we think. Oh I'm just thinking more of like the idea of that you're eating Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, a runoff from fossil fuels, but definitely environmentally (laughs) too, yeah. Yeah, like that's
1: what we're looking into now. I'm trying to figure out if there's any health benefits to eating it naturally and stuff.
0: I would think so, but. Yeah, I would hope so. There's so much more to it, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when you were younger, like before high school, what did you want to be as a child? And were you like a good student? Were you more interested in learning in other ways, or were you more like the classroom student and getting good grades?
1: This is a good question. When I was a kid, I kind of flip-flopped, I think, about, like, what I wanted to do. When I was really young, I wanted to be a chef. So, it's actually really funny okay. that I'm in nutrition. But growing up, yeah. like, the rest of my life, like, that was more, like, when I was, like, really young. But mainly, like, when I was in high school and stuff, I wanted to be a vet. Like, I really wanted to be a veterinarian just because I really, really, really love animals. And, yeah. Do you have kinda, any animals? Do you have yeah, any pets? I, I do, yeah. I have one dog and two cats. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love them so much. Yeah, I just... It's just always something I was interested in, but I went to like my guidance counselor in high school and basically like he was, and like, this is like in grade nine or 10, mind you, but he's basically like saying that like my marks weren't high enough and I wouldn't get into the school and stuff. So kind of like crushed my dreams and I was just really upset about that. So I always told myself I couldn't do it. I would say like in high school, (laughs) it was actually really like, it was really horrible. I like cried about it. I was really upset, especially because I was so young too, like grade nine and 10. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to be a vet. Yeah, I kind of wish I just went forward with it because like in high school, I wasn't getting like 98s or anything, but I was a fairly good student. Like I got scholarships into university and stuff and I got accepted to everywhere that I applied. So my marks were like, okay, yeah, they're okay. But in university, my transition was actually pretty good. Like I did pretty well. My marks actually went up in university. Like I struggled a little bit with like time management. Like I think I studied a bit too much sometimes, but yeah, my marks actually went up. So I kind of wish I just went forward with the vet stuff but I, I like where I'm at right now and I'm really happy that I'm in nutrition but it's just kind of like a learning point that like just because someone says like you can't do something doesn't mean like you have to listen yeah. to them.
0: but yeah, yeah definitely that's really frustrating that people do that to ages um when you're that young that's such a like determining age mm-hmm. um High school's changing a lot I think in a few years. Like not that this is like specifically what happened with you or anything, but I know that Ontario is going to get rid of the university and like college streams in high school so that kids aren't limited when they leave. Oh cool. And that they that can apply idea. to everything. Cuz I just think that it's really horrible whether it comes from the entire system or one individual in your case telling you this mm-hmm. that you can't achieve like what you want and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're so impressionable at that age that Oh, yeah. for sure. if if someone tells you this or, you know, your teachers think that you're only college worthy, not university worthy or that you're not worthy of being a vet, but you can do other things like it's hard on kids and it really shapes them for when they're later. Yeah, but I'm really glad that you found what like really what you really love and stuff too. So that's great.
1: Yeah. So right now, like I'm studying nutrition and people always ask, well, what are you going to do with that? So (laughs) basically what what I'm trying to do is I want to be a registered dietitian. So that's my end goal after this. So um, yeah, that's what I'm aiming for right now.
0: (laughs) That's great. What are the steps to becoming a registered dietitian?
1: It's interesting that you ask because lots of people like don't really know, but basically like when I'm done my undergrad, I have to find my own internship or I complete my master's because I need like mm-hmm. clinical experience and um, like hours. Basically, the, it's not like the nursing program or social work at Ryerson where they have like a clinical built into our undergraduate program. So we have to seek that out ourselves because we mm-hmm. have to reach a certain amount of hours before we write the registered like dietitian test. Yeah, so basically once I complete like an internship or my master's, I can go on and write the test and then I get like an RD beside my name and then I work as a registered dietitian. So I'm planning on doing my master's hopefully. <laughs>
0: okay, awesome. Does Ryerson have a a master's version of your program? Probably, right?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. So there's one here. There's one at U of T. There's not really a lot of nutrition courses throughout Canada. And you have to be careful, too, when you're applying because a lot of them aren't accredited by Dietitians of Canada. So like, oh, for okay. example, lots of my classmates did a degree at UFT in nutrition, but since it's not accredited by like dietitians of Canada, they couldn't become a dietitian. So they had to transfer to Ryerson and do like another three year accelerated or four years before they can become a dietitian. Wow. So they kind of, not that they wasted it, but it's like, if you're, if that's something you're interested in doing, like you should definitely look into it because people have done a lot more schooling than they needed to do.
0: Oh, wow. That's so unfortunate.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's good you're like so on the ball and you know your steps and everything like that's really good
1: yeah Yeah, I know it's it's good when you have like a good friend group that kind of keeps you on your
0: feet (laughs) definitely yeah Yeah. definitely and you have a great advisor Brian who will help you like with the graduation or the grad school process because that's a lot of work on its own and it's like very tailored to what your graduate school is going to be like so yeah that's great yeah I'm really thankful for Brian (laughs) Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Okay, so let's do some of the rapid fire stuff. So what's something that people who you work with and maybe Brian's group don't know about you or would likely know the least about you?
1: Okay, I was thinking, because I've been asking these questions to everybody, so I'm trying to like think (laughs) of what I would say. And for this, I would say that I actually could play like a lot of musical instruments and I'm pretty like, or I was like in high school, like I was always into like music and yeah, like I can play the guitar, the saxophone, the trumpet, a little bit of the drums. Wow. I'm trying to learn the piano. So I've always been kind of like really good at that, but I don't really talk about it much.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Do you still play any of them?
1: Yeah, actually, I play the ukulele. Like I, I really enjoy playing the uke because it's like nice and small and easy, but I'm not like amazing or anything anymore because I kind of lost it. But when I do get stressed, like it's nice to just pull it out and just listen to like, you know, real live music. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah.
0: It's such a, usually people who are more math oriented or science oriented, like there are the exceptions to the rule, but like mm-hmm. most people are sort of very rigid and two plus two is four. So it's great that you have that like art side to you as well, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's great it's to nice. work
0: like your whole brain. It's almost, yeah, it's, it's something that has to do with like that it works both sides of your brain. I've always read. Yeah.
1: So. I heard stuff about that before actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Okay, what famous person, current or otherwise, would you most like to go to dinner with and why?
1: Yeah, see for this question, I don't even think I have an answer. Like, I just don't, (laughs) I just don't even know. I don't know, I don't really have like a famous role model or anything. So I guess I'll just have to say pass on this question.
0: Yeah, some people like I think really get into celebrity worlds and then others like don't really. Okay, so what's your favorite food?
1: Okay, I was thinking about this. So my favorite food is like pasta. So like any type of noodle, so not just like Italian, like I like Asian noodles, like I like if they're in a dumpling, like that's basically a noodle, like anything to do with noodles, (laughs) that's my
0: favorite. (laughs) I agree with you for sure, (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Anything with noodles. And your favorite drink to go along with that? Yeah, for drink, I'd probably
1: have to say tea, just because I think it's so like herbal and medicinal. So any Mm. type, like I don't know if I have a favorite one, but um, yeah, I just really like tea a lot
0: like, more of the herbal, like, caffeine-free teas?
1: Yeah, like, I guess so. I kind of just drink everything. Like, I know, I think Earl Grey isn't caffeine-free. I really like that. I know, like, chamomile is really good when I'm, like, stressed out. Um, yeah. Just, like, any type of tea. I just really like tea. Oh,
0: that's great. Yeah, okay. What's your favorite color? Uh, purple. And complete this sentence. If I was not a food and nutrition student at Ryerson, I would like to be.
1: This one's tough. I think that I think I told you this too. Like if I wasn't studying nutrition, I think I would like to study like environmental science.
0: Right, yeah. And there's no reason you can't link them I and mean, you kind of have yeah. found a way to link those with the malic acid project you're working on. So Yeah, for sure. The world is much more intertwined than I think we realize when we're younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's no reason that like I mean I've met people who are like accountants who ended up working in the environmental yeah. sector. So, so yeah, so People definitely can move around. Something what what's something that's on the top ten of your bucket list?
1: Okay. For this one, I would have to say that I would love to live abroad for like a year or
0: two. Like to study or like for no or, I'm not or even, just in general.
1: Not even because I try I was gonna do like an exchange for school, but it just I'm doing a minor in psychology and it wouldn't allow me to do my minor and I already did a bunch of the courses, so that's why I didn't end up doing it which I'm actually oh. really happy for, because it would have been during COVID right now, which oh my, my friend, my friend Prav was on the this podcast before too. And she was in Australia, which is where I wanted to go to. So okay. I'm just I'm actually really thankful that that didn't work out for me.
0: Oh, but, wow. yeah. yeah, I was gonna
1: ask.
0: Where So did your friend make it home on time?
1: Yeah she did actually like she was lucky she had family there so she was able to stay with them for a bit and then she came home obviously when they started to close the borders and stuff she got really lucky but yeah so I don't know like I don't like at this point I'm almost I guess basically done my schooling and stuff so I think it would be really cool just to live abroad before like I settled down and like have a family and stuff.
0: Yeah would you like to do that in Australia or kind of anywhere?
1: Yeah so what's really interesting is that when I graduate and like I get registered dietitian it's actually like I'm able to go and work in Australia and this in the United States so oh I'm nice. like that's a sign like that just means I'm supposed to go so
0: <laughs> did you have <laughs> like a specific like city or like part side of Australia that you'd like to be in or
1: no not necessarily I haven't really looked into it too much I like Australia's on my top list I think I'd like to live in Australia or
0: some part of Europe probably like the UK yeah definitely that would be awesome that's a good idea. I was actually just thinking about that too. <laughs> I'm just saying, um okay. So who is your favorite role model or was?
1: This one's tough too because I don't think like I have a favorite role model. I think growing up like it was definitely my grandmother. She's passed away now though, so I like I would kind of say that it's mostly just like my family. I would say that like my sister has a really big influence on me and I really look up to her and I would say like my partner he really influences me a lot too. So it's just like the people in my life that's I really great. look up to them and each person is really good at one
0: thing. So I just really I'm really happy with those people that are around me. Yeah, that's great. It's important to be around like people who align with your morals and ethics and mm-hmm. bring you up, right? That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say is your greatest achievement?
1: Oh, I was trying to think about this. And I don't know if I have like a greatest achievement. I would say like I feel very like accomplished on days like there's always something you know you do and you always feel very like like very happy and stuff but I guess like to this point in my life I would say my greatest achievement probably is like the job that I'm working right now just because I'm like really happy like I've worked I was working at McDonald's as like a manager for a while and that was horrible and then I worked (laughs) at a health food store which was fine but it's like I really enjoy not working in customer service and just being able to yeah. like, do research and like actually make like a good wage and be respected by like my boss and stuff like that and and right. like it's just amazing to like research the implications that you can have on people so I would just say like thus far like my accomplishments would probably just be like this job
0: I guess yeah definitely and I think not trying to put words in your mouth by any means mm-hmm. but just I I would imagine that the main difference too with this job is that it's like your career based which and your career is also like what you're mm-hmm. so passionate about
1: yeah for sure right
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: 100 yeah. percent. you got that
0: okay and to go along with that what would you consider to be your greatest failure
1: okay this one's kind of interesting so growing up I was like very confident and I would like always run like like I would MC events at high school and like stuff like that like I was very loud mm-hmm. and like boisterous I guess But coming into university, I started developing, like, a lot of anxiety in second year. And so it's kind of held me back a lot to do the things that, like, myself, like, Steph would normally do, I guess. And sometimes, like, I find, like, I'm pulling away from, like, events or, like, opportunities just because, like, I feel very anxious. Whereas before, I used to, like, always be, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And I would not feel, like, any butterflies in my stomach. So... I feel like that's my biggest failure is just like getting in the way of myself and like telling myself I can't do it and like making myself anxious because I feel like that's the biggest issue that I have.
0: Yeah I think it's university in general adds a lot of anxiety into people's lives sometimes. And mm-hmm. It's unfortunate yeah that's not that's a tricky one I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's
1: okay it's okay like, I've learned a lot yeah. from it so at the end of the day like I'm kind of happy that I've experienced it just so that I know what it's like to have anxiety and I guess, Mm -hmm. like what other people are feeling like and how to be compassionate. So I've learned a lot about myself through it. So it's
0: okay. But it definitely gives you um, a form of empathy that you can't have unless you have Mm -hmm. experienced any sort of mental health, anything. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Because there's definitely people who I'm sure you can name someone in your life who is incredibly fortunate enough to have never had any Mm -hmm. like just wakes up happy every day like has never had that kind of stress and they can sympathize with people but they can't they've never experienced that so they don't have like the empathy that comes with it Mm
1: -hmm. that's a really good point yeah so what would
0: you say you're most grateful for in your life
1: for me I would say I'm most grateful for my health it's just like for me too because it's something that I'm studying and I see especially right now with all of COVID and stuff like I'm just every day I'm just thankful that I can get up and I can walk and I can breathe and I can get outside and yeah just be healthy and just
0: feel good. Yeah definitely do you find that studying food and nutrition has affected like your outlook on food and just like your I mean you were always an active person but maybe just like how you look at food in general?
1: Yeah for sure like when I first started the degree I was kind of nervous you know like Oh my God, I can never eat like cupcakes again. I'm gonna be a dietitian. I'm never gonna be able to eat chips and I was like freaking out. And at some points it like my not to say that the degree is bad or anything, but it kind of makes me like obsess over food a bit, just because I'm studying it so much and like I know like everything, like all the components in it and stuff. So it's kind of stressful that in that sense. But a lot of my professors have done a really good job of just kind of telling us that like all food fit all foods fit and like diet free nutrition, which is something that I guess before right, you mentioned I that earlier, studying, yeah, yeah, something that like before I started studying, like I didn't. I guess people, most people, think like, oh, you can't have chips and like you must eat like cucumbers and stuff. I don't know, but along my degree, like I think that's how my outlook kind of changed. Is that I guess like that it's okay to eat chips and like it's okay to eat other foods. Like you, don't, you shouldn't right, feel definitely. guilty for that. You know, you just have to live, and as long as you're eating healthy most of the time.
0: Yeah, I I would imagine like. N- knowing so much in depth about um because you study it at such a molecular level too from my understanding mm-hmm. but yeah it's definitely it can be overwhelming for sure I feel for mm-hmm. a lot of people and a lot of people probably don't come to that realization on their own
1: no yeah it's yeah it's yeah. kind of tough to a lot of yeah I don't know I feel mm-hmm. a lot of my friends struggle with the same thing as well that they kind of obsess over it sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to take a step back and be like okay Enough. I'm not going to think about any nutrition.
0: I'm just going to eat this. I'm going to have that cupcake. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You definitely have to. <laughs> okay. So this might get a little heavy, but what would you say concerns you the most? I guess just like not being
1: able to find a job and stuff. Okay. Like, cause a dietitian's path isn't as linear. And I guess you could probably relate to this too. Like it's not a linear path. Like like a doctor or like a nurse right, or a yeah. lawyer like yeah I can get like my registered and stuff but it's more like where am I gonna work and stuff and sometimes I'm just concerned that like I'm gonna be stuck doing something I don't like or because at the right. beginning I used to think I wanted to do clinical but now I'm thinking maybe I want to do more community-based and so just kind okay. of I guess like not being able to find a job or being stuck in a job that I don't enjoy or if I'm in, you know.
0: When you say clinical, I'm assuming you mean more like hospital-based, um, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. by community, like, can you expand on that? I don't really know what you mean. Yeah, for you. sure.
1: So there's dietitians in the hospital that help with like people that get surgery, or there's like eating okay. disorder clinics and stuff that you can go to. So dietitians will help create meal plans for people like that. So if you got, I don't know, like a stomach ulcer or something, they would be able to create a meal plan for you, and also they. Create all the menus of the food that like people eat in the hospital too, um, which okay. isn't like super great because hospital food sucks. But it's kind of cool though, cause like I guess you could always reform that being a dietitian. But I don't know if I really want to work in a hospital. Like to me, it's just like really depressing, and I don't know. We'll no, see though. Know. Like we'll see. I'll have clinical placements. But yeah, I'm volunteering at a diabetic clinic right now. It's a community health based one, and it's just really nice cause like you have clients come in and you get to see them again and you get to see their progress. Right. And then you can also host like educational sessions with them just talking about diabetes and how to manage it. And you just have like a lot more flexibility in that. Right. I'm not too sure. I don't know what I want to do yet. But I think like I just I like the more community aspect because also I'm doing um, a certificate in food security, which is basically just like making sure like people have access to food and like why people are right. obese and stuff like that. And it's kind of hard to explain because yeah. not a lot of people know about it. But basically, you just what, like-
0: that's always been a topic that sorry, has just fascinated me. Like, I've like watched a lot of documentaries on it and a few podcasts. And mm-hmm. it's a lot about like, there's a lot of people who are sort of inconsiderate. And they're like, well, water's free. And you know, why are you buying diet coke? Mm-hmm. And, and And I find a lot of society is very like inconsiderate towards mm. like just obesity in general so that's yeah, fascinating yeah. for
1: sure it's just kind of like looking at obesity in a sense of like it's not always a choice and
0: in right. some
1: countries like coke is cheaper than
0: water so right like you know what I mean and obesity is a also- result- sorry go ahead sorry no I was just gonna ask is it also to do with like how like a box of mac and cheese is like much cheaper than like vegetables right is it exactly along those lines yeah
1: you hit it head on yeah that's exactly it it's just like people go for the energy dense which meaning like the fast food type versions because they might be able to take their family to McDonald's and get the same amount of like get like five meals or something for the same price as like buying produce at the grocery store and it's just kind of like that's why obesity is occurring and how do we help people and how do we make food more accessible and adequate and There's a bunch of A's behind it, but yeah, it's really interesting. I really, and actually I'm on like, I don't know if you know what Enactus is like through Ryerson. No, I'm not sure what that is. So it's basically like this entrepreneurship club within Ryerson. It's mainly like it's in the Ted Rogers school. So it's mostly like business students, I would say, but I'm currently working on a project called Project Secure, which is what we're trying to do is try to solve food security with food waste by like upcycling it, I guess. So right now we're, we're kind of in between projects right now. We are trying to develop a program, a school nutrition program for kids, but it didn't turn okay, out as wow. we liked. So now we're, we might be pivoting to senior homes and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's like amazing. really interesting. Yeah, there's lots of like yeah. things that you can join and like how to get involved and how to make an impact. So
0: Yeah, I'd definitely love to talk to you more about um, your project after this as well too. But that's, yeah, for sure. That's awesome, yeah. I'm going to skip my favorite question, come back to it last. We're going to go through some of the other rapid fire questions first. Okay, sure. So what would you say is your favorite hobby?
1: At the moment, you know what? I don't think I have, actually, I really like swimming. I think at the moment, I've just learned how to sew and I really like doing it because it's oh, so awesome. creative. So what really have you like started sewing? I just like, I buy stuff from the thrift store and I like try to like upcycle it, I guess. So I'm just trying, like, it doesn't
0: always turn oh, out, awesome. but
1: yeah, it's just fun to like make your like stuff unique and like, to fit you better I like that a lot
0: definitely like with a sewing machine or by hand
1: so kind of both yeah like my sister has a sewing machine so she's been helping me with that and then I was like trying to do some hand sewing and stuff and yeah it's just really cool
0: wow yeah that's really great that's a great and it's definitely takes up a good amount of time being at home all the time now so yeah for sure and speaking of being home so what would you say is your most productive time of day
1: Oh, yeah, for me, I think people have heard me on this podcast before. I hate morning so much. I don't know <laughs> why. Like I actually like mornings like when I wake up, it's so nice and calm, but like I hate getting out of bed. I'm just the crankiest person in the morning. So I like <laughs> I always fall asleep while I'm working. So I would actually probably say like I like to work out in the evening. So I would probably say like my most productive time of day is like the evening or like the afternoon.
0: Yeah, because I see emails from you sometimes at, like, 8 a.m., yeah. and <laughs> I'm, like, wow. Yeah, <laughs>
1: That's just because I'm trying to be productive. Like, I make myself Definitely. get up because yeah. I know, like, I'm pretty, like, like, I'm pretty on top of myself, and I want to make sure that, like, I'm doing stuff, and yeah, right. so I make myself get up early, even though I know I don't like it, <laughs> just because I want to get that's, better at
0: it. Yeah, I know. That's, I'm, now's the time to Practice, yeah. I guess.
1: <laughs> if yeah. I didn't, I'd be sleeping until like 12 and working until 11 <laughs> o'clock every night. So,
0: yeah, no, definitely. That's not ideal. Yeah. Um, okay, so for my favorite question, and we might have answered it already, but okay. uh, what would you say is your favorite spot that you would like to travel to or have traveled to?
1: So, this is tricky because it's like you said, like, everywhere that you travel, it's like something different, I guess. So each spot kind of has a favorite part about it. The most like beautiful place I've traveled to is definitely like Hawaii. I haven't gone to Europe and stuff though. So I really want to go there. But overall, favorite place in the whole entire world to travel to would actually have to be like Western Canada. I have family that lives in Canmore, which is right outside of Banff. And it's just like my favorite place in the whole entire world it's just so beautiful and I love the mountains and maybe it's because my family is there but it's just like I would love to live there one day it's just a
0: place that I love so western Canada is just it's almost unmatched to anything else in the world it's Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah Mm -hmm.
1: but we'll see I'm hoping to go lots of new places so maybe that will change
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah hopefully things will change soon-ish but (laughs) might have to put that on hold for a while
1: (laughs) oh yeah for sure
0: and speaking of things being on hold because of COVID, what advice would you give your second year yourself for getting about COVID?
1: I guess, like, for me, when I was transitioning to university, I was so concerned with, like, my marks and just getting good grades. It almost, like, consumed me, and I think that's where a lot of my anxiety right. came from. I would say just, like, get out there, like, get involved, which is what I'm doing now. Like, obviously, I'm, in, I'm on, like, lots of clubs and stuff, which is good, but I used to be like that yeah. in high school a lot, too, and I find that, For me, I need that balance and I need that outlet and I do best when I'm busy. So I think for myself, it would just be like, get out there, stop worrying so much about your grades. Like it will all work out and just have a good time, you know, enjoy the process.
0: Do you find like joining more clubs and getting more involved with the university maybe helped your anxiety? Oh yeah,
1: for sure. Like, obviously it was hard at at points because I would have like attacks and stuff, but it's like, I kind of wanted to put myself through that so I could get over it do find that I bit off like I bite off a bit more than I can choose sometimes I do like feel very overwhelmed but I do a lot better when I have lots of things to do versus when I'm at home I like will just do school and then it just kind of like like I said completely consumes me and I'll sit at the computer for like 12 hours and I won't take a break whereas if I have like Mm -hmm. meetings in between or if I have like an event or something like i'll go to that and then i'll be like more productive within that one hour that i have to study because i know like i only have one hour so right, i think it, and yeah and it also just helps as like a stress reliever like even though it does add more stress like it also just helps to like be surrounded by other people talk to people and just like get out of like your
0: house and do things you know yeah for sure it, it can make a huge difference but that's an interesting point that you brought up that that getting out of your house helps you so on that i'd love to hear because that's the personality that you have how have you found dealing with covid being at home all the time like have you found that yeah affects you in that way or
1: yeah so i mean it's actually, affecting
0: everyone but
1: <laughs> oh yeah for sure no 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 problem like i've actually been very lucky in that sense like i haven't been like i haven't been in contact with covid like my sister's a nurse and she actually works on the covid floor so oh, wow. there's that. So she's pretty stressed out. And I guess my family was stressed out at the beginning. But yeah, I've been very lucky in a sense of like my family being safe. And some people like I see their, their parents are traveling or something. My parents were about to go on a trip. So I'm very thankful that they canceled it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I feel that I'm very lucky. And I feel like, like I said this before, but I feel like the older I got, the more introverted I'm kind of getting. So I actually enjoyed a lot like staying at home and not being... Yeah. Like surrounded by people and stuff especially because it was a busy time in the semester so it was really nice just to like kind of relax a bit but I do like really miss my friends and sometimes like being stuck at home with your family is like you know you know how I yeah <laughs> so,
0: I know we all we know <laughs>
1: yeah it's been a challenge in that sense but I'm very close with my family so we've been doing lots of things I've got more time to see my partner and I miss my friends though because, like, they live all around Toronto, and now with the restrictions living, lifting, it's like, okay, she lives in Richmond Hill, like, how are we going to hang out? And I live in Whitby, so it's it's kind of tough in that sense. Like, Toronto yeah. used to be our meeting point, so I really miss them. I really miss just being on campus, but yeah, actually, yeah. I'm a homebody, I think, at this point, so it's not too bad.
0: Yeah, for sure. How do you find, like you mentioned working out earlier, so do you find that that gives maybe structure to your day as well? And like, do you find that doing that every day or once a week or whatever it is, do you find that that helps you as well being at home? Yeah, so it's funny that you asked that because
1: in the previous podcast, like I was like going for runs every single day and I was doing so good. I was really happy because it was like a different type of exercise that I wasn't used to. I do notice that I really do miss like aggressive sports I was saying it with like Tristan and our previous like interview that like I really like like hitting something and like kicking stuff because it like <laughs> allows you to get rid of aggression which is kind of bad but running was good in that sense because you can like I guess push yourself into it but it's been so hot recently so I went for a run yeah, the other definitely. Day. it was like 40 degrees I almost died so I haven't really been doing good with that so I'm just doing more like I try like did add structure to my day when I was doing it but now I'm kind of lacking. So the structure yeah. added to my day is mostly just like my work schedule. Whereas I try to, I try to work like eight to four every day.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the heat wave is supposed to last for at least a week in the forties. Oh so
1: God. It's so bad. yeah, it's so bad. Like my mom doesn't like air, so we have no AC and I'm literally just like, no AC the in heat this heat. Me. It's so bad. Like I actually just want to cry. Like <laughs> the heat affects oh. me so much. Like I don't know about some people, but I like the cold. And like I I was saying to my boyfriend, like I'm like, I need to move like up north or something. Like this is killing me. So I've had a few sleepless nights, but I've been trying to go to like my partner's house to work because he has AC. Yeah, I don't know. The mm. heat wave's just killing me. I'm lucky I have a pool, so I'm able to jump in, but it's just oh, hard nice. to sleep. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. Like AC is there's definitely times where I think people overuse it but Mm -hmm. a heat wave is definitely not a time I would skimp out on it I'm really sorry
1: (laughs) no it's okay I mean I'm trying to think of the environment and stuff but like
0: I know I I feel bad that I use one sometimes but
1: that's funny though that you said that that you don't like heat because I swear you traveled all over the Middle East and Africa so (laughs) I can't imagine
0: there's something about sitting at home though and like being in the heat versus like being your when you're traveling in some areas, you your brain is working so hard to make sure you're getting from point A to point B and staying safe. And mm. so, yeah. in that sense, I was like, not it, It's not the focus of your mind, you know. Yeah, that's, that's like for sure. yeah, yeah. But a lot of people like enjoy lying on a beach and just doing nothing. And like, I don't enjoy things like that. It's just too hot. Yeah,
1: I'd rather just be swimming in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, instead of, like like I do have my fair share of beach days, but like, no, nah, I got to be yeah. in the water. <laughs>
0: Yeah, me too. Like just baking in the sun. I
1: don't know how people do that. (laughs) I don't like that. No, it's not good for your skin too. So,
0: and the humidity here too is just so. Oh,
1: it's not even the heat. It's the humidity. That's what it is because it makes you sticky, and you have to shower like every hour because you're like sticky all over. Yeah, Yeah, I was. I was
0: just reading an article on CBC about how fans actually. Or I don't know if they were saying fans specifically, but wind in general, and this heat doesn't actually help cool you down, so. You know
1: what? You should send that to me so I can show my parents. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so they can turn on the AC <laughs>
0: Because I have three fans, like, going right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll dig for it, because it was in somewhere, but I will look for it for you. <laughs> this was really fun. Yeah, glad we did this. Thank you, Stephanie, for coming on. And just before we end, I'd like to hear, do you have any sort of, do you have a quote maybe that you live by or any advice to our viewers out there?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to say this one. I know this isn't a very popular song, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's something I sing in my head lots of times when I'm like going through stuff. Um, Yeah, that you'll get through it. And stress is actually good. It helps you grow. Anyway, I just hope everybody stays safe with COVID. And thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for doing this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, bye. Bye.